Good morning. How are we today? Come on, how are we doing today? This is an amazing amount of people fit in this room. It's quite impressive. We can pack all of these people in here. Uh, well, again, it's so good to be here with you guys today. My name is Ethan, one of the worship pastors here at Harborside Christian Church. It's an honor to be here today. Uh, I've been on staff since July and uh, this has been some of the greatest months of my life here, just seeing what God is doing in this church, what he's done, what he's going to continue to do. And I can tell you, it's just the start of what God wants to do in our church. I'm so excited. And uh, again, uh, my name's Ethan. I'm the pastor's son here. Uh, Kurt Parker is the senior pastor here. And I grew up as a PK. We have any PKs in the room? So you know, you know what it's like, right? You, you get the PK lifestyle, the preacher kids lifestyle. So I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, um, which is a it's, you know, great time, a great time in my life where I, uh, we were part of a church there for 16 years and then uh, moved to Florida, started playing music, started writing music. Music was what I loved, was still what I loved to do uh, more than anything. I went off to college and I had a band that kind of grew and, and we're still playing together today. And along the way, um, things just started to come together. Things started to work out. And we experienced some success there. Uh, and people said, Ethan, you know, one day you're, you're going to be famous. You're going to do great things. And so I started to live. What would people think about me if I didn't become famous? What would people think about me if I didn't make it, right? And so I started to live with this pressure on my life that, man, I got to make it. You know, because what would, uh, what would all you guys or, or people in my life think that if I didn't arrive or if I wasn't successful, what would they think? And I started working every day out of this fear of failure, and I started living for everyone else and not for myself. And along that journey, God broke me down. I remember one day I was at the beach. I'd go to this place on Palm Beach Island, and uh, it was a beautiful place. And I'm just there, I'm working, striving so hard to make my dreams and my things happen because I don't want to let everyone down in my life. And along the way, I remember God asked me a question that day that changed my life forever. And it's a question I'm going to ask every one of us in this room today. So are you guys, you guys ready? All right, here it goes. What breaks your What breaks your heart? When you look at the world, you see all the issues, all the problems, all these things going on. What is it that breaks your heart? Today, whether you are graduating from high school or whether you're graduating from the workforce or whatever stage of life we're in, we're all trying to figure out what our purpose is, right? Why are we here on this earth? And I believe with all my heart today that if you can answer this question, what breaks your heart? You will find out why you exist and why you live. So if you're a note taker, uh, there's some pamphlets on the back. I'd encourage you guys to write some notes. Uh, but break out your Bibles. We're going to turn to the book of Nehemiah. Um, but before we jump into the Word, I want to pray for us today. And I'm so excited to be here. Let's just invite God to come and speak to every heart. Father, thank you for today. God, we slow down right now. And uh, we just thank you for this opportunity to hear from your word, to come together, all of these people. And God, today I pray that you would speak to our hearts. 
and that it wouldn't be my words, my wisdom, my knowledge. God, it would be your truth that would penetrate hearts and lives today. And together, God, we would leave looking more like you. Lord, we love you. We're grateful for this time. Come and have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you want to turn uh, with me to Nehemiah chapter 1. It's going to be on the screen here, but uh, I like to read in my Bible as well, um, on my phone here. Nehemiah 1. It says, The words of Nehemiah, son of Hekeliah, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned him about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, Those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. When you look at the world, right, when you look at your community, when you look at your family, when you look around you, what is it that breaks your heart? Where are the walls broken down in your community? See, Nehemiah, he saw something that broke his heart. He saw the people of Israel, God's chosen people, their city, the gates have been destroyed, right? And these are God's people, and they are at risk of being wiped off the face of the earth forever, being gone, no more, no more God's chosen people. And so Nehemiah foresees what could happen, and it breaks his heart because he knows this is not right. So what does he do? I love this quote. It's going to go on the screen here. It says, a lot of people do something, but few people do what they are created to do. I believe that so many of us can do so many things. We can spend our time doing so many things, but few people do what they are created to do. And today, the thing that breaks your heart is what you were created to do. So what do you do when you get this vision? Um, I'll never forget the day uh, that I was alone, I'm by myself, I'm at the beach, and I'm hearing God to speak this truth over me. You know, I'd been running so hard, trying to make all these different things happen, and at that day, at that point, God asked me that question, Ethan, what breaks your heart? And I'd just gotten back from this missions trip, and it was, it was an unbelievable trip, and I remember uh, hearing about these kids, I saw it firsthand, these kids Their parents couldn't afford to feed them, so they would force them to do drugs, and these kids would become addicted, and it would take the hunger away. And I saw that as something that broke my heart, right? These poor kids, right? It's not right. I wrote it down in my journal. It's something that breaks my heart. I've seen, uh, I've started learning about the issues of sex trafficking and how these girls would get taken and sold off into slavery here in the U.S. I started writing it down, something that broke my heart. I've seen the issues of alcoholism and how it's torn apart families. It's torn apart uh, people in my friends' and family's lives. I've seen drugs and how they can separate people. And I started to write all these different things down, what breaks your heart. And I heard God tell me that day, he said, Ethan, if that's what breaks your heart, that's what you're created to do. And so what did I do? I did the exact opposite thing that Nehemiah did. I went off and I tried to make it happen. 
formulated this plan. I'm going to start this nonprofit. We're going to help the kids before they fall into these types of lifestyles. I'm going to make this happen. You know, so I start striving and working and running so hard. And I want to tell you that God wants to open the door. He wants to move. He wants to make it happen in his timing. So what does Nehemiah do in verse 4? When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Nehemiah, he didn't move until God opened the door. When you find that thing, that vision that God gives you for what breaks your heart, please don't move until God opens the door. Turn with me to Nehemiah 2, 1 through 8. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, it's a long word, so I'm going to refer to him as King Art today. King Art, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and I gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before, so the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you're not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah, where my ancestors are buried, so that I can rebuild it. Then the king said to me, with the queen sitting beside him, asked me, How long will your journey take, and when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. Also said to him, If it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of trans-Euphrates, so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. And may I have a letter to Asaph, keeper of the royal park, so he will give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel, by the temple, and for the city wall, and for the residence I will occupy. Because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my request. God will use the least likely people, the least likely person, in your path to accomplish your dream. It's not going to happen your way, right? I remember I, I was on the train um, coming from West Palm to Tampa. I'd take this train back and forth uh, several times a month sometimes, and uh, I'm on the way back one day, and I felt God uh, tell me, Ethan, open this book of Nehemiah. I never read it before. I flipped it open, and I started reading. I read the entire book on the way home. And it changed my life forever because I was in this place where I had been trying to make it happen. And God spoke to me that day. He said, Ethan, if I'm going to make it happen, it's going to happen in my timing. And see, Nehemiah got a vision and God gave him the provision. Say that with me. Nehemiah got a vision and God gave him the provision. One more time. Nehemiah got a vision and God gave him the provision. Have you ever felt that if God were to give you a dream or a vision that he wouldn't provide? That if you were to step out, that he would leave you hanging? I can assure you that if God gives you a vision, he will provide the provision. God's not going to allow you to step out. He's not going to give you dreams. He's not going to give you these things in your heart and not provide. But we're so afraid, and it takes such faith but I can attest with all my heart when God gives you a vision, he will provide the provision. Because when you are the one who created the law of physics, 
The law of physics don't apply to you. God is a big God, amen? And he can do what he wants. When he gives you a vision, he will provide the provision. We're going to turn to Nehemiah 2, 17 through 18. Read it on the screens. It says, Then I said to them, You see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. They replied, Let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. What does he do? Nehemiah, he starts to build his team. So he got a vision. He prayed. He fasted. He waited upon God. God provided in the least likely own way. When Nehemiah got a vision, God provided the provision. And we see here in point four that he starts to build his team. And I love this part of the story. Um, and my question today is, why, why do you come to church? You know, Why do we come to church? We could go online. We could hear a sermon online. We could hear worship online. Why do you come to church? Is it because culture tells you to? Because your grandma told you to come to church when you were young? If you don't come to church... You're not going to, you know, so it's, we come to church today because this is our opportunity to leave as a church and make an impact together. We come to church today so that we can leave being the church, that we can worship together, that we can hear from God's word and that we would leave and do something together. Okay. So I'm going to try something right now. Could be a complete disaster. Just going to forewarn every one of you. Somehow it worked in first service beautifully, but there's no guarantee that this is going to happen again. So my people over here on my left side, you guys are going to be my, my bases, okay? My base section. Good. My, my tenor section, my altos, and my sopranos, all right? You ready? I don't think you're ready. <clears throat> all right. We're going to sing this. My base is over here. We're going to start with you guys. We're going to sing this on ooh, okay? I need to hear your voices. Have some confidence. One, two, three. Ooh. Come on, a little, little more. Come on. One, two, three. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right. All right. My tenor's over here. You ready? One, two, three. A little more, a little more. One, two, three. My tenors, you're awake this morning. I'm liking this. All right, to my to my altos over here. One, two, three. I need a little more from our altos. Come on. One, two, and three, and. All right, we're going to jump the octave over here. My sopranos, guys, you might have to uh, dig deep here for this note, all right? One, two, three. Okay, my bass is one, two, together. Come on, keep that up. One, two, three. Come on, keep that going. That's beautiful. I like it. Come on, give yourself a round of applause. Beautiful. 
That is what we call harmony, okay? That is something beautiful happens when we work together. When we come together, we can create something beautiful on our own, but together it's something unbelievable. God wants to do something together as a church. The reason we come in together is to worship, is to give glory to God. But together, when we leave, we can make such a huge impact when we walk together as a church. This is when the story gets good. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 19. Look on the screen here. It says, But when Sanballat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite, official and guest from the Arab, heard about it, They mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you are doing, they asked. Are you rebelling against the king? I can totally relate to this point of the story, right? Everyone's giving him garbage, saying, what are you doing? This is my story, right? I remember people, Ethan, what are you doing? Starting a band? Starting a nonprofit? How are you going to make money? How are you going to live? Ethan, what? Are you crazy? I remember uh, a person came up to me actually from church. He said, Ethan, what is your backup plan? That word, backup plan. What is your backup plan? What what are you going to do if none of this works out? I can tell you, and I believe this with all my heart, that backup plans are from the devil. Where in Scripture does God say when I give you a plan A that you need to have a backup plan? When God gives you a plan A, there is no plan B. It's plan A, right? When God gives you a plan A, there is no plan B. And in our lives, the opportunity we have is when God gives us a vision, we know he's going to provide the provision. So there's no backup plan. It's we're all in or we're all out. And I think today, when, not, when Nehemiah got this vision, he was all in. And uh, we look in verse, chapter 2, verse 20 here. It says, I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or his historic right to it. When God gives you a plan A, there is no plan B, right? We're going to jump here to the end of the the book here in Nehemiah chapter 6, 15 through 16. Uh, Again, this is a great book. And I'd recommend everyone this week just take some time. It'll take you a little bit, but read through this entire, this entire book. It's, it's changed my life forever. It's well worth it. We'll jump to the end of the story here. So, so, so the wall was completed on the 25th of Elul in 52 days. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. In 52 days... The wall was built, and no one could deny that God built the wall. How incredible is that? God will do something bigger and greater in your life than you could ever dream or imagine when you step out to accomplish the vision that he gives you. When you answer what breaks your heart, and you know the deep conviction of what breaks your heart, this isn't right. When I look at the world and I see all the issues and the problems, this is not right. And when you fast and you pray and you wait upon God, he's going to give you the provision, right? And he invited people to be a part of his team. And you and I come together as a church and people ridicule us. We stand on the promise that God has given to us and we watch God build the walls in our hearts 
in our lives, in our family members, in our communities, in our city. We're going to see God do big things that we can never dream or imagine when we step out and God gives us a vision. I was talking to a friend the other day, and uh, we were talking about how many days I lived. Um, and I calculated these days. It's going to be on the screen here. As of today, I have lived 9,307 days as of today, May 29th. That's how many days I've lived. And if you Google, I, I, I Google this, it says, you know, what is the average age of man? You look it up, it says it's 76.5 years for people in the U.S. So if I were to live that many, this is the number for, for 76, I would live 27,923 days. That's the average day of how many days humans live. And so as of today... At 27,000 minus 9,000, it's 18,616 days, 18,616 days I have left on this earth, right? Every day, boom, day goes by. It's gone. Can't get it back. Boom, another day goes by. And I'm not guaranteed those 18,616 days, right? None of us are even guaranteed tomorrow. But it's amazing when you look at the perspective of how quick our lives are and how many days are numbered, right? And every day goes by and every day goes by and we get one step closer from being gone on this earth. And my question today is when you die and you go and you're gone, what are people going to say about you and your life? Are they going to say, look what you did. Look what the businesses you built. Look at the stuff you accomplished, the stuff you acclaimed, the houses, the stuff, the things. Are they going to praise God for your life? Look what they accomplished, which what they allowed God to do. No one could deny that God had built the wall in Nehemiah's life. God rebuilt the wall. And so the question again today is what breaks your heart? What is it? When you look at the world and you see all the issues, all the problems, what is it that break your heart? When you look at the past thousands of years, the greatest innovations have come from people who saw a need and dedicated their life to meet that need. We look at Mother Teresa. How did she have such an amazing impact on thousands of orphans? She saw something that broke her heart, and she dedicated her life to it. Martin Luther King Jr., how did he change the history of racism forever? He saw something that broke his heart, right, and he dedicated his life to it. Why do you wake up in the morning? Why do you wake up every day? A lot of people do something, but few people do what they are created to do. So today, I've said all this stuff right until this point, but I want to say something. You and I, we will never ask this question, what breaks our heart? Because if you feel like you're always in need, you will never be able to give. Like Nehemiah, you will never stand before a king if you need a king to affirm you. If you and I, if we aren't freed from the need to be loved, then we will never be able to love. If we're always looking for the next opportunity to be affirmed or acknowledged, then we will miss out on the opportunity to be moved by compassion. If we're constantly looking to get our hearts and lives filled, we will never be able to give. We will never be able to be moved by compassion. 
The reason Nehemiah was able to see something that broke his heart, the reason he was able to foresee the issues that could happen to the Israelites is because he was whole. He knew who God was, and he knew who he was. And today, if you're constantly feeling yourself like I was, trying to live for the approval of man, I was never able to be moved by compassion because I was constantly thinking of how I could please the people around me. And it's a miserable lifestyle when you live to fill yourself up with the next thing and you're always empty. You'll never be able to give of yourself. And so the answer today is Jesus. It's the reason we come. It's the reason why we're here today. Jesus Christ, he didn't just die to save us from hell. He died so that you and I may live and live today. He's the answer. He's the key to unlock your heart to being free. He's the key to unlock the passion, the vision, the dreams, the things that you live for so that every day as you day goes by, another day goes by, you can live life watching God rebuild the walls, watching God do amazing things. To what makes your blood boil? What breaks your heart? Today, I'm very excited to see what God is going to do as we leave this place and as we go and be the church And I'm by no means here uh, to market what I do, but I'm very excited to share how we as a church can be the church. And so I want to share a video about the nonprofit organization that I'm a part of and what God's doing. And I'm going to wrap the message up after this video. So take a look at the screens and check this out. My name is Scott Johnson, and I've been mentoring for 16 years. I think what Project Primavera stands for and their mission, their quest, is fantastic. It's really making a difference, and it's moving the needle. And how it's moving the needle, it's in these young boys' lives that would be taking these gifts and their energy, and it could be going this way, or it could be going down that avenue. Uh, We want to make sure it's going down the right avenue. And how do you do that? You do that with mentors. You get into their lives and you make sure that you reinforce all these positive attributes that these kids have. They don't have a clue. Growing up, I never hung out with the right group of friends. I grew up living with my mom my entire life, a single parent. My dad was very much involved in my life at a younger age and then kind of fell wayward when I started getting older. That's right around the time where I met my mentor. So there's... Not much of a male figure in the house. In fact, sometimes there's not even a mom. We have boys who's, they've never even met their dad. They've never been around. What they really want, they want a role model. They want to have somebody that has their back. Yeah, you got my back? Yeah, I got your back. You can call me with anything. I would definitely consider my mentor a father figure in my life. He came around a time in high school where you need that type of person. I know for a fact that my life is different because of my mentor. Me not really hanging out with the right group of kids, him being in my life definitely kept me pushing in the right direction and validating that I can be successful if I really want to be. And you just you just talk with these kids. You get real with them. And it's not really taking, you know, about taking them to the mall or taking them to restaurants or buying them toys. In fact, it's it's none of that. What it is, it's spending time with them. 
if you're able to just see your mentee once a week or talk to them once a week, it doesn't matter for how long, just letting them know that you're interested, showing that you care. And if you take that step to be a mentor, I will assure you, it'll change your life and you will also change their life. As far as my mentor, I'm not sure that he really knows the impact he has had on me. Even when I tell him, I think it's one of those things that until it develops fully, when you see that person as an adult and they really, really tell you and there's something to show for it, you don't know how it's going to turn out. You're putting in this time with this person, you're spending time helping them, and you don't know how much it means to them. For me, it's been very profound. My name's DJ. I go to Florida International University. I'm majoring in marketing, and I've known Mr. Scott for six years. My name's Ethan. I'm a part of the Ethan Parker Band, and we founded a nonprofit organization called Project Primavera, which exists to bring hope to orphans and at-risk youth and break the cycle they fall into. We send musicians and artists on tours to share with their audiences how they can get involved in the lives of these kids through mentorship. While on tour, these musicians and artists also host workshops for the local children's homes. Lastly, starting this year, we'll be providing free music lessons for orphans and at-risk youth in the Tampa Bay area. This past year, we traveled to 37 cities with the goal of creating mentors in the lives of the children across the nation. And this year, our goal is to create a thousand mentors. For more information, visit us at projectprimavera.org. Thank you. Thanks. My goal today, my goal today isn't to market a nonprofit or to raise awareness of a brand. My goal today is that every person in this room will awaken to what breaks their heart and operate that and live out of that every day. As a nonprofit, so far we've created 255 mentors over the past year through the cities we've traveled to, but we are so excited for this opportunity today. In Tampa Bay, there are a 1,000 kids in line right now waiting to be mentored. It's an incredible opportunity we have. These are the kids that are falling into these abusive lifestyles of drugs. These are the kids that are falling into these lifestyles of of corruption and, and violence. And our goal, our desire today, imagine what this church can do when we get involved in the lives of these kids. And so if that's something that breaks your heart, okay, you can go out the door in the back right. There'll be a table. Some of our team is back there today. I'd love for you to talk to them and get to know them. And uh, we do a lot of events even here. We need volunteers. We need people. Again, we're not looking to market what we do. We're looking to make an impact in the kingdom of God forever. And so I tell you what, it's an hour a week that you can do to get involved in a kid's life. I do it every Monday, and I tell you, I show up on Monday. I got so much to do the rest of the week, right? I'm sure you can eat. You're like, how can I give an hour with all I have going on? Right, so I, I come Monday, and I'm just, whew, I got a lot going on. I don't know if I can do this. I show up to this foster care facility, and I spend time. I spend the hour, and I leave, right? And I'm like, Ethan, what is wrong with you? Every Monday, you struggle coming in this place, but you leave more full of joy than, than you could ever dream or matter. So it's the best thing. It's the best hour of my week. It gives me so much joy. And I tell you what, you'll impact a kid's life, but that kid will impact your life forever. And uh, it's a way we as a church can be the church. If this is something that maybe doesn't break your heart, 
It's okay. What is it? Pray and fast and wait upon God, okay? He's going to build the walls. He's going to use you to be a part of it. Divorce is something that breaks your heart. In a couple weeks, we're going to have an opportunity for you to sign up to be a mentor for marriages. So we do this marriage matters with the chapel and all that God's going to do there. What is it that breaks your heart? Because the thing that breaks your heart is what God wants to do in you and through you. At this time of the service, I'm going to invite the prayer partners forward. And today, if you need prayer um, because you know that you're not able to give because you're always in need, that's okay. They want to pray for you. They want to give you Jesus. They want to pray over you. Today, maybe you've had a vision, you've had a dream for your life, but you've never been able to step out in faith. Come forward and get prayer today. These people will encourage you. They will pray over you. Because when God gives you a vision, he will provide the provision. Today, come forth and and get some prayer. And I just want to thank you guys. Let me pray over us, and you'll be dismissed. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your promises. Thank you that you break our hearts so that we can be the church, that we can be the light of the world, that we can advance your kingdom, that we can build your kingdom and not our own. Father, use us. Give us purpose. Give these people and myself every morning a reason to wake up and live life. And I thank you that's what you do. And more than anything, Jesus, be our Savior, be our Lord, be our God. We worship you today. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week.